What up, everyone? Welcome to Buckeye BS Podcast presented by Best Damn Media. We are here to give you a new perspective on all things Buckeye football. What up with y'all boys, man? What up, what up? What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Nothing much, man. I know someday. Buckeye Nation. (laughs) Had a lot of... uh, a lot of interesting things happening this week. First thing that we really want to get into is something major that went down, which was a scrimmage, uh, with there being a quarterback battle, with there being um, a little bit more of uh, rotation going on with the D-line, DBs. Let's just get into that situation and get everybody's feelings and um, and thoughts on what, what, that, what that entailed and what that was all about. Oh, so, Mike, Oh, um... I mean, there was a lot of interesting things coming out of uh, spring ball. Some things promising, some things, you know, that we might get into that are a bit concerning. Um, You know, overall, though, I think that, you know, the defense, which is the only thing that's been holding this team back from getting a championship for years, um, I think that it – it's going to be better than last year. I, I believe that. I believe on that front seven, I think something that Cam is going to hit on later on, I think that we're going to see a big improvement from that. I mean, definitely. Um, the, the, main, the main thing that I heard out of the scrimmage that I thought personally that was uh, refreshing was we had explosive plays through the air uh, with Jaden Ballard because – not taking anything away from Julian Fleming or, or anything like that, but when you have a guy out there with potential 4-2 speed, uh, don't want to put that on, you know what I mean, but 24 miles per hour. You know what I mean? Hey, you get clocked at 24 miles per hour, but you're moving. Well, somebody pretends to that speed, that opens up so much more spacing on the offense. Like, we didn't really have a situation, like, when you know how they, like, uh, Michigan, for instance, where they bracket Marv and they keep a safety over top. If you got somebody yeah. that can just run by and, and eat up yards quick and you got to get them safeties off the hash, that's going to create a lot more one-on-one opportunities for Mecca and, and Marv. So that's something that Julian Fleming didn't really provide our offense. So I'm excited to see how they implement uh, Jaden Ballard in that in that sense because I heard that he was going off crazy at two big long touchdowns. So yeah. Now nah, I'm with you. A little bit ago, I had coined the term "too fast to play" here because it seems like <laughs> more explosive. <laughs> See, like more explosive guys didn't really find a role unless you uh, really fit into the system or was that prototype receiver. So we didn't really cut out roles just to features guys traits, really. I mean, if you couldn't find a a role for Jameson Williams and he a first rounder, I mean, I don't know what we doing. So it's good to hear they're using Jaden Ballard and maybe they've learned their lesson and want to rotate receivers more. But um. Um, I just want to hear that the offense is progressing. Obviously, it seems like McCord and, and Brown can, you know, throw that deep ball. They're, you know, they're playing one-on-one for Ryan Day's heart. So, definitely some refreshing things out the scrimmage on the offensive end. What about you, Ron? You know me, Mr. Quarterback Battle. So, you know, I want to talk about the QBs. Uh, I want to piggyback off the Jaden Ballard comments. That touchdown was thrown by, by Kyle McCord. And like uh, Mike said last week, Kyle's going to move and show you guys that He's not a statue back there. And one of the uh, reports was that Cal ran for a touchdown yesterday. So hearing that's good. But then with a uh, young QB, your concerns go to the offensive line. And we do have some questions there. Um, we hear we heard Kenyatta Jackson had a big day yesterday and was given the right tackles. Uh, 
a rough time. And that's probably the biggest question on the offensive line. So um, as we continue to move through spring, that's something that I want to keep an eye on is what we're hearing about this tackle battle and who's going to play there. And are we going to have concerns with a first year starter with questions on the offensive line? I mean, yeah, because when I, I was surprised to see um, um, it be reported that Zen Mikowski was actually the number one right tackle in that scrimmage. So, I mean, we heard a lot about – yeah, we heard a lot about Tegra coming out um, and, and having the type of spring that he did. So, when they when they gave Zen the uh, alleged starting role, I guess, for the scrimmage, uh, that was kind of a – that was kind of a um, an eye-opener. So, for you to say that the, the right tackle was, was struggling – uh, that's going to be a position that we're going to have to keep an eye out moving on, uh, moving forward. So, Yeah, it's not a very deep group, so most definitely it's like, eh, it's got to be somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're deep in the interior line, but not at tackle, man. I mean, moving Josh Fryer out from guard, because, I mean, we recruited him as an interior lineman, and then, but when DeWan Jones went out against Iowa last year, he was holding his own for uh, hey, against hey, them, so... Uh, I watched Josh Fryer's interview, man, and he said, go ask uh, JTT and Jack Sawyer how I'm doing. I feel like if <laughs> I could – hey, he said, I feel like if I could get wins against some of the best uh, pass rushers in the nation, I think I'm good. So, I mean, he's building up a lot of confidence. He said that he done seen some of the negative stuff on Twitter, online, and everything, and he's been using it as motivation. So – for fans who say don't be talking about these kids, he's using it as motivation. Man, listen, chip on his shoulder, man. A couple chips, actually, because you know. Well, I will say <laughs> you could basically you could basically ask every every tackle last season of, to ask Jack Sawyer. So hopefully, hopefully he's also <laughs> up in <this> game. <laughs> Jack Sawyer was our leading sack. Um, he's a leading sack man at the Jack position. So some of that Jack Sawyer criticism. It's kind of smoking mirrors a little bit. We'll see what he does this year when his hands in the dirt and he's playing a traditional position that he's meant to play. But I mean, uh, we couldn't even wait to get to the second segment. We're already here, defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> so D line. Well, we, we do have a question in the chat about uh, um, just before we move on to the D line about do we think Vic Vic Cutler could play at right tackle instead of center? And I would say that him being a tackle would only be for emergency purposes only. Um, he, I know he played tackle at ULM, but the key thing is Ryan Day said that Vic Cutler is having to adjust to being an offensive lineman at Ohio State. So what that tells me is, is his body isn't right, uh, isn't ready for this yet, which just goes to show he should be in the interior already. And um, also, you know, his conditioning isn't right. And I don't want him out there with no pass rushers if his conditioning ain't right. Yeah, well said. Um, so on the D-line, um, so we heard basically, even from Ryan Day himself, Mike Hall and Ty Lee causing damage out there. They doing everything except start, apparently. So just to, just to get y'all thoughts um uh, Y'all think we are finally going to see this illustrious D line that we've waited three years to see? I'll go you, Ron, first. Are we going to see it? Is it finally going to happen? So one of the things I wrote down when we said we were talking about defensive line is we know Larry Johnson likes to rotate a ton in the interior to everybody's uh, dismay. But 
It's Mike Hall, Ty Hamilton, and Tyler Williams. Like, who else are we going to rotate in there? So I don't think there's any path for them to get onto the field. So I think Buckeye Nation is going to get a whole lot of football. Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton hopefully causing problems in the backfield this year. I completely agree. I mean, my whole thing was, look, man, we give so much grief to our, our DNs last year for not getting pressure and, and not getting uh, as many sacks as we're used to seeing. But a lot of that has contributed to that. We had zero interior pass rush last year. Uh, Theron Vincent, um, Jerron Cage, yeah, like those type of guys, they weren't really pushing the pocket. So it's like if JT, if you're not some generational guy like a Bond Miller where you can just, you know, squeeze the pocket from the edge, you're not really going to have those numbers that you want to see. So I think the Tyler Williams and um, Mike Hall this year as interior pass rushers is going to really help us. Uh, see what we got as far as moving a pocket, as far as making quarterbacks move. Because if you watch the film uh, against J.J. McCarthy or against Georgia or anything like that, without Jim Knowles calling a double A gap blitz or or some type of like safety fire zone pressure, we didn't get to the quarterback through the interior. So um, if we can get that organic pass rush from a four down four lineman down uh, stance and allow our quarterbacks, I mean our corners and our linebackers to flow and, and be more uh, passive in the passing game, I think that we'll see some improvements, bro, and then Jim Knowles won't have to take the risk that he took. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's good to hear that they're out playing well, and hopefully we get those four together. And you're right, we ain't got really no one else to play, so it seems like our more talented guys kind of have to play at this point. So I just want to see this defense line get after it. Uh, yeah, I just want to see this defense line get after it. I want to see them be disruptive. And I just want to see this talent kind of become what it's been uh, hyped up to be. Like this whole time we've heard of what these guys can be. And we really haven't had a disruptive. When's the last time we had a disruptive D line? It was like Haskell Garrett and and Tommy Togiai. Was that really the last Haskell time? Yeah, so it's been years since we've actually had that. I just actually want to see a defense a lot because all of last year, man, I'm like, it's third down. Times is coming up. I'm like, all right, well, D-line, just get a sack. We can stop here. Stop here. This, this, and that. And it would never happen. It'd be like, oh, first down, Tanner McAllister got beat or something or something like that. So, yeah. And that's just a lot of the defensive – and a lot of the defensive line struggles, that are, people always tie that into the pass game, but, like, I know Zach and Chris have talked about this on their show before, but, like, if these interior defensive linemen can't command a double team, these guards are getting up to the second level and punishing our linebackers and not letting them run to the ball. So if we can't have someone that's going to be, you know, gap discipline and, you know, take on a double team, our run game is going to suffer too. So I'm just hoping, you know, we've heard, you know, about Tyleek having uh, conditioning issues when he first got here. Like we already discussed at the beginning of the segment, we're not that deep on the interior. So are these guys in shape? Are they ready to play? And are they ready to take on the workload that we need to see if we want this defense to be elite? Yeah, and to piggyback to piggyback off of that and uh, also Sue with a, with the question or basically a statement saying, I'll never understand why Cage and Vincent got so many snaps last year and 
So I was watching Larry Johnson's interview, and it just seemed like he was frustrated with the injuries that his guys had got. And he talked about how, you know, uh, Mike Hall, apparently I guess he had a shoulder injury, and he was just talking about one thing that you couldn't do is you can't lock out with shoulders. So you're using one arm. And if you're using one arm and an offensive lineman can use that leverage against you, you're just using one arm. So, I mean, we, we've seen the flashes from Tyreek Williams. We're hearing that he's in shape now. He's conditioned. Uh, where Mike Hall, he doesn't even want to talk about the injuries of next year. He watching his interview, he's just ready to get after it, man. Like he's ready for the season to start. He's ready to eat. Uh Ryan Day sound like he could have just kept talking about Mike Hall and his production and what he's done in the spring. And uh also one thing that we didn't see and that I wanted to hear and I want to see is our defensive line finishing in the fourth quarter at the end of the game. And Ryan Day actually gave to the D-line, gave credit to the D-line how they were still fighting at the very end, still getting pushed, still getting to the quarterback at the very end. So, I mean, I I, I believe, like, they're saying that this could be one of the best D-line units as a whole at Ohio State, and I'm starting to believe that hype. Yeah, he um, – we, we – Jay, he likes his D-linemen to be disciplined. And I don't think Mike Hall and Ty Leak are as disciplined as he would want. And I think that is some part of why they play. But also, you can be as disciplined as you as you, as you want to be <laughs> if you get washed out. So let me ask this question, yeah. So do we really care? Like, what does it matter if, if – so what does it matter if Teron Benson is disciplined and does his job all the time if he's just not going to be able to take a double team? Get I, see, I don't even think it's that because we've like, heard Larry talk about this and he said this isn't about necessarily putting the be- – best people on the field or thinking this is the person for the right moment. He is adamant that he understands how far these guys can go. And he wants someone in there going a hundred percent and he doesn't want tired interior defensive linemen out there. And he's been questioned about it during the spring. And Larry's flat out said, I see these guys every day in practice. I know how many plays they can play when they're giving me 100% effort. And if they're not giving me 100% effort, I want someone out there that's fresh. And, ah, I mean, you could argue it, argue with him about it or disagree with it, but at the end of the day, he feels that he knows how much production he's able to get out of them by how many snaps they're playing. And I think that's a lot of the reason, not necessarily leaning on seniority, but understanding that some of these young guys don't have the conditioning needed to give him the production and we would be on here complaining if we saw them out there tired, getting pushed around, not being able to take on the double team because they're playing more snaps than when they are flashing out there. But didn't we see Georgia basically manage that situation with Jalen Carter? And he turned yeah, he into – what, 33% of the snaps? He rotated and he still top. And he still got top that, five and made an impact. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if the I mean, best players got to play, you got to figure it out. impact against us, though. Listen, that's a different story. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> But to Larry Johnson's credit, though, that's when he's talking about those reps where I know I can get 100 out. And it's like, Georgia didn't know. You know, like, dude was playing at like 30% in the second half, bro. Like, man, it was look, bad, man. man. 
Some of the some of those yeah, 100 percent snaps. I'll take 50 if that's all I'm gonna get in a hundred. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can be, look, I go out there and give a hundred percent. Larry Johnson is not gonna be happy with the results. So I'll take that. I need a little more. I need I'd rather take a dude at 70, 60 percent that might do something to do the 100 percent He said a hundred percent to um Mike Hall's 40. But let's let's talk about the DNs. No man. comment. We we haven't we haven't <laughs> talked about the outside and you know how JTT needs to get better, how Jack Sawyer is uh done playing the Jack role and is now into his true position as a DN. And I mean playing out of position, leading us in sacks. Um, and then we're hearing about a guy, a specimen who just is a freak. I just want to put this picture up here. Oh my god. What is this, guys? Like, this is Kenyatta Jackson. Um, dude is a freaking monster out here. Talk to me, Cam, because I know you know about the twitchiness, the flexibility. You like to talk about the hips and them not being stiff. Talk to me about what you're seeing from these defensive ends, man. I mean, it just looked like some boys came from the south, came up north, found some, found a little bit of different weight room, man. That's all it is, man. You know what I mean? Because we got Kenyatta out of um, Chaminade and Fort Lauderdale. Um, he looks good, bro. I mean, you love to see a D lineman in that second year look like they took the weight room serious because, I mean, that initial um, power with hand play is detrimental to a D lineman success, especially at the collegiate level. So it looks like that they're, they're doing what they got to do in the weight room. Um as far as technique-wise and how they play, we don't really have any film or footage of that, so hopefully we can see some of that soon. Uh, we're going to get a good glimpse of that in the spring game, but, I mean, physically they look like they're they're, they're ready to come out and make an impact. Caden uh, Curry along with that other group. Um, as far as, like, the interior guy, I, I'm really, really interested in seeing how Hero Canoe is doing because we talked about all the time about how we needed those slobs and we wanted those 300 pound guys. And he's one of those big guys from Mount California that we got. That was 300 pounds, six, four, six, five big guy that we really didn't hear much about when, when, when he came in. So I'm interested to see how he's doing, how he's looking in the weight room. So um, I'm excited about our D line, man. I'm excited about the rotation that we got going on. I think that we got some natural pass rushers. Um, I want to see. I want to see a little bit more technique. You know what I mean? I want to see a couple of double hand swipes. I want to see some kind of cross chops. I want to see it start cooking a little bit on the uh, uh, on the pass rush and then the D, the D line side. So I'm loving Kenyatta. I'm loving Amari Aber, man. I'm loving Caden Curry's, bro. I'm loving them all. So let's and, let's see. And what's fans going on. have to be patient with Hero Canoe because remember, this is only his like what fourth. Yeah, and he moved here from Germany. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, bro. But he's bro, man. If you watch his tape in high school, he's got that natural Cam Hayward straight out the womb strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we can polish his skills. I really, I'm, I'm willing to see because I just want to see. I want to see a shade or a three tech at Ohio State on a Tentarity lineman that's able to be a double team to take on a double team. Because are you last just saying year, Cam Hayward because he's light skinned? No, I'm saying like. Like when's the last like when's the last time we had like a true shade that was just like you know the guarantee to eat up a double team and let our linebackers eat? Because last year, a lot of, against the better run teams, Michael Bennett, yeah, against the better run teams in the traditional four down set, man, we needed we had a lot of linemen climbing up to our linebackers. And to Tommy Eichenberg's uh, credit, he was very good at popping and shedding. But 
I want to see our interior D linemen eat up these double teams and let Steel Chambers and let Tommy Eichenberg shoot the gaps and get the TFLs and make the big plays without Jim Knowles having to uh, uh, synthetically create pressure on, on run stops and in a pass rush. So let's see what's going on, man. I'm ready. He said we ain't seen a cross tosses. <laughs> bro, the, hey, hey, the chat is cooking right now, bro. Like, the chat is cooking right now, bro. Like Brody going in. Can, hey, he said Kenyatta Jackson taking Jack Sawyer's spot by week five. Hey, man, shout Good out. Lord. Hey, listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm on a record, man. The Jack Sawyer slander, bro, is not really warranted, bro. I'm telling you. Watch that man this year, bro. Watch that man this year, man. He was playing out of position. And he led us in sacks. Yeah. Jack was playing out of position and 20 pounds overweight. They put all that weight on him and then asked this man to drop into coverage. It made mm-hmm. absolutely no sense. I feel with Jack being at his natural position, a year of uh, pure focus on developing as a defensive end under Larry Johnson, getting back to the weight that he needs to be so he can be twitchy like we saw him in his first spring game where they needed to tell him, calm down, bro. We need to get a, we need to get a pass off because he was so disruptive in the backfield. And like, uh, I don't know if Mike or Cam mentioned it, but Jack Sawyer was playing out of position, overweight, and still led the team in sacks. So I feel like with him at his natural position, really getting the rush to passer and focusing on that, I think, you know, Jack's primed for a breakout season. And hopefully Larry Johnson can have a double-digit sack season, because, I mean, when's the last time we've seen one of those? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. And that's the thing, man, like, Imagine if we had Jack Sawyer rushing a passer more than just dropping back in coverage. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I will say, first of all, shout out to Devon Hamilton. You know, let's not let's not forget he did he did commit a double team <laughs> when he was uh, when he was here. So shout out to him. But uh, I wanted to point out something, hey, Mike. Can you go? Can you go back to that picture you had? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Because I, I wanted y'all to see something. Um, number 11 in the back, CJ Hicks, he's back there prepping for his bench roll. Just wanted to let y'all know. Is that our top 10 five-star player that we haven't seen a lick get? Hey, we oh, keep our five-stars in the back. Hold on, hold on. Hey, Mike, can you quote Jim Knowles again on what he said about playing time? Yeah, Again, I mean, can you quote one more time what he said? We, yeah, we're, not, we're not talking linebackers today. We, we said <laughs> my, we're talking my, linebackers. No, I just want you to this. quote it one more time. I want you to quote it one okay. more time. Okay, what Jim Knowles said is if someone is not able to grasp his defense, okay. then he is teaching it wrong. Okay, all right. That's, all That's right. what he there said. It it's just just get that out of Like, it don't make no sense. Y'all got to go go to our last video and sit everybody tag. Tag Jim Knowles, tag the whole defensive staff in that video. They need to watch it. Because how are you as coaches saying these things, but you're not doing it? You're not going, you know, your actions to speak louder than your words. Flat out, but they don't align. No, I'm with you. But uh, real quick, the rather DNs. Yeah, man, I, I feel like I'm excited for Jack and JT. Obviously, I think they're going to be really good this season. We'll probably get the most out of them. Amari, everybody's talking about Amari in the chat. He looks beefed up 265. I was like, dang, how he put on 30 pounds in you know, a couple <laughs> months? That's crazy. But him and King Yada, obviously, I expect big things for them and Caden Curry moving around. So honestly, it's a lot of talent here. So, and there's, there's a lot of reps to go around, especially early on in the season. So I expect this D line group to be really good. Don't know if we'll get a double-digit sack guy. I mean, that's a lot, bro. I mean, 
It, is it? it really well, if you had to guess who I, it would be, let's go around and give our prediction. If we were to have a double-digit sack person this year, who would it be? Uh, yeah, it had to be Jackson. I think JT is going to get a lot of double teams, a lot of yeah. action. Obviously. I'm saying, I'm saying Jack Sawyer, but I mean that's the like, that's Mike the Hall. thing. Mike Hall, but, but but I mean honestly, I, you I should have asked players, that. bro. Drop it in hey. the chat, guys. Who do you think? I was gonna, about to say that because you year. can't you can't double team JTT and uh, Mike Hall and Jack Sawyer. I'm going to go on the record and say this. If Mike Hall is healthy and in shape, I think that he can be the best player on our defense as far as impact, game by game. We, we, we didn't talk about Mitchell. 100%. Prospect for Mitchell Melton. Obviously, he was hurt last year. We didn't see him, but we know he was. he's this prototype for whatever this Jack is. So what do y'all expect from and for me, I don't know because I haven't seen him actually be this person. So I don't know what to expect. But y'all let me know. So, I mean, I feel like we have beat the defensive line to death now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys thinking about the secondary? I mean, we heard Cam Martinez was out there looking good. Um, I, I saw two deep out there from Cleveland.com that had, you know, Hold on, you said who was looking jump. good? Cam Martinez. Um, and then I also heard I also heard that Sonny is still uh, with the second strings in the two deep. Uh, that was reported by Cleveland.com. So what are your guys' thoughts about the secondary? Who do you want to see out there? And what do you think the secondary is going to look like? Because obviously that was a big question for the Buckeyes last year. We had our own version of Cheeks and Cleats out there a couple times and hoping to fix that this season. Go ahead, Mike. You go first, man. You go first. <laughs> I mean, you look, you got a lot of your mind, bro. You, and like, he over there shaking his a whole lot of burnt toast out there. I don't know. Where do we start? Yeah, bro. Like, we let Roman Wilson and, and, and the bums at Michigan who had zero explosives all year, bro, turn into Randy Moss, bro, like in the biggest game of the season, bro. So who knows, bro? bro we need something. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, coming into this year, I had a whole lot of promise. You know, about these DBs, hearing about Jahad Carter coming in, uh, Igbenosa coming in and everything. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, these guys is going to be the ones out here playing and everything. And then I hear that uh, Cam Martinez out there taking more snaps. And I'm just, the only thing that keeps <laughs> replaying in my head is the Team Up North game. And just how Bro. he just looked lost out there. <laughs> he ain't know where to do. He ain't know where to Deep fried died laid to the side, bro. I mean, honestly, honestly, like what I what I was getting, I was I was coming in into this, and I was like, man, you know, with our with our D line and our the DBs that we have, I think we have some twitchy guys to come out there and be able to hold for that half a second. Because how many times did we hear Zach Harrison was just a half a second late for that sack, right? So I'm like, oh, we got some twitchy guys out there. And I I freaking hear Cam Martinez. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hearing Josh Proctor is probably gonna start over Sonny Styles, but then I heard Sonny Styles was the one making plays all scrimmage. Like, it does not make sense. I'm tired of the seniority crap. Uh, I I I don't I don't know. I don't have that much faith right now. 
So they're going to have to show me something. Like, if Cam Martinez been in this bag, then he been in this bag. I will say this. He going to have to have a Garyon Conley type. Because I remember when Garyon got Conley, got sexed up in the Michigan State game back to back to back. And then, you know, he all ended up being a first-round draft pick. So, got to show me something, man. Well, I know Ohio State does pre and our whole thing is development. Mike so is apparently, that may be development on the field because we see these guys getting cooked repeatedly until they don't get cooked. No. So that's the type of development we talking about. But um, yeah, man. So let's let's but before we before we uh, get out of here, let's speak a little bit about this recruiting uh, situation that we have brewing this weekend at Ohio State, um, and and a couple big recruiting. Um, uh, events that's happening that's coming up, including Jaden Davis, who is going to be committing on March 31st, which is causing a little bit of stir because, you know, Michigan fans was online talking about maybe he's going to troll us. Maybe he's not going to have us in his top five. And then we pop up and it's like, hmm. So what are y'all thinking about um, the situation on our quarterback situation, Ryan Day, between Jaden, between Aaron Nolan? And and some of the guys that we had show up this uh, this weekend in Ohio State. If I want to rewind it at least one week because the the streets have been loud about recruiting this past week. Is Ohio State falling off? Are we recruiting Ohio enough? We've heard a lot about kids without offers from Ohio State committing to Michigan. This week is the real test. Now, if Michigan comes in instills a five-star that Ohio State wants at quarterback after we produce first-rounder after first-rounder after first-rounder, I'll be ready to sound the alarm. But I've seen a lot of graphics about kids Ohio State's not recruiting going to Michigan. So if they take Jaden Davis, I'll eat crow. And I'll come back here and tell you Michigan's doing their job. But don't flex this. Jordan Marshall was a great steal for them, and um, I wish the Buckeyes would have went after him and they definitely had the streets on fire last week with all of these Ohio kids committing to Michigan. But I think uh, this Jaden Davis commitment is going to be big for the Buckeyes to see where Ryan Day is because there's a lot of questions at quarterback. We missed on Rayola. We're circling back on Jaden Davis. Aaron Nolan's uh, supposed to commit on April 8th. He was just at Miami this weekend. He could uh, He should be coming to Columbus soon. So, there's a lot of questions about who's going to be the quarterback in Ohio State's next class, and Aaron Nolan and Jaden Davis are both making decisions soon, so these are going to be big-time decisions for the Buckeyes. What do you guys – do you guys think it's kind of corny that Michigan's kind of trying to uh, manufacture this woe is me, like Ohio State don't love you crew up there to try to get everybody to come, come up north and play with them and try to – Act like Ryan Day doesn't care about them and all that. Like I feel like that's like kind of corny. Their coach I mean, was this khakis. Has been, <laughs> this is this has been their their mo since forever. They've always done corny stuff like this, bro. Like when have when have they not? And and one thing that they know is the only success that they have is getting people out of Ohio. That's the only way. We don't need to go into their state to be successful. We've never needed that. And I mean, everybody wants to cry about the Jordan Marshall. The only thing that we could have did done differently in that is talk to him sooner and let him know, hey, you're going to be our number two 
sooner, right? I mean, but if the guy don't want to be number two, then he don't want to be number two. We already told somebody, hey, you're our number one guy. Um, when, when it comes to the quarterback position, bro, Ryan Day has to stop getting these or going after these prima donnas like a Queen yours and a Dylan Raiola. Them guys don't look like they're going to get it out the mud or any of that. I understand they five stars, but if they're going to be a five star, give me a Justin Fields five star who's willing to get it out the mud. Stop with the prima donnas. I'm done with it. I honestly feel that take because like I always look back to like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, who in my opinion was the two biggest quarterback recruits recently in um, college football, even over a Quinn Ewers and even over a Riola. Like everybody was like, yeah. these are the two guys. They're they're the pinnacle of recruiting. And look how quiet the recruitment was. It was like they had a couple coaches that they liked, stayed out the way. They locked in and boom, it was over. It was done. But now everything is just like, I don't know, man. It's just it's just a different vibe. It's just a different vibe, bro. So especially for my quarterback, I don't want my quarterback uh, that I'm recruiting to be uh, feeling like one foot in, one foot out, like we're on eggshells, whether they're locked in or not. Like that is the pinnacle position, especially for a locker room, especially for a class of the people that he's going to be leading going forward that needs to be locked in the most. So if I feel like you got wandering eyes as a quarterback or if you're not locked in with the program, I will take a lesser guy over the top guy because of just the camaraderie and just the leadership aspect of what it means to be a quarterback, especially at a university like Ohio State. I need you locked in. and You need to be a Mr. Buckeye, Mr. Ohio type of guy. So that's what I'm wanting, bro. So shout out to – a four-star dog. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things with these quarterbacks is the recruiting strategy used to be get the quarterback locked in early so he could be the face of your class and be out there recruiting for you. We're here in, you know, spring, no quarterback sign. We should have someone out here campaigning for the Buckeyes <laughs> out here. I mean, we already have Jeremiah Smith signed. What I mean, imagine having another five-star quarterback giving that pitch to these kids at seven-on-seven seven camps at all these camps this summer. We, we need that. And that's part of the recruiting strategy. And maybe it's an NIL era that we don't have that anymore. But awesome, locking yeah. in a quarterback I got early. A, I got a question for y'all. Go ahead. What? Do y'all really take a quarterback serious if they actually thinking about that team up north to play quarterback at? Do you really oh. take them serious? To be a Heisman? To be your Heisman? To be your Heisman candidate, to hey, be look, the man. leader of the Buckeyes, like I'm gonna say it like this. I'm gonna say it like this. On, if, if you're a top-notch quarterback, I feel like going to Michigan to play quarterback is an unserious decision. That's just, <laughs> Are you not serious about I, football? Like if you just look at the track record, like if you want to be the next Wilson Spade, if you want to be the next uh, Shea Patterson, if you want to be the next Oakhorn or the next J.J. McCarthy or whatever, bro, like, be my guest, bro. But or if I mean, you want to be I the just... next Tom Brady and sit most of your career, <laughs> like, you could yeah. also go there. No, <laughs> I, I, mean, I do, do anything until you get to the NFL, yeah. Okay, that, like, was, that was the rest I'm of the I'm not taking no kids seriously if they got them, bro. Fuck. But also, like, the <laughs> another thing I want to reiterate on my old take, like, also, like, with the NIL era, man, like, these kids are going to take a million visits. Because one, that means more followers, that means more exposure, and that means more leverage with NIL. So it's it's just a, it's just a different ball game, man. It's a different ball game with recruiting right now. 
Yeah, I'm with you. But uh, as Dion said, you know, we don't need a dog at quarterback. We need a uh, we need a dude from a two parent household. So <laughs> apparently, that's just not what we need. But, but nah, man, I just I just feel like this class was so set back after the Rayola fiasco that I mean, I I wouldn't blame Jaden Davis for going to Michigan because obviously we broke his heart. But I yeah, think, I mean, his situation is very different, bro. Because yeah. like, well, I mean, we had them in our relationship. Yep. Yeah, we'll be fine at quarterback, yeah. man. I'm not worried about. It. As long as Day is here, they'll find somebody, either transfer portal or you know, in 25 class or something like that, will come in and play. So it's not a big concern. Honestly, I, I do want to say this. I think it's going to be harder to find a top quarterback with the uh, college football playoff expansion, and the reason being is if you're going to go get a quarterback, it's normally from a from a uh, a school that's in the top 25, right? If you were going to go get them, right? Well, if you're a top 15, maybe top 20 team, and you're like, man, we got a chance to go to the 12-team playoffs, you probably stay back with the chemistry that you got. If I'm, It's just a thought that I've been having on because, I, I, you know, I have been thinking about our quarterback situation. And then I'm like, oh, we just got somebody out the transfer portal. But then I'm like, who would we want and who would we actually get? You know, and, and would they be a would they be able to keep this, you know, the pattern of what we have been producing at quarterback up? So Yeah. But um with recruiting overall, man, this has to be the class. We've had two lackluster classes in a row. Whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't say like lusters because we were we were ranked fifth. We were ranked fifth, but we still in the composite. In the composite, we're still three right behind Alabama and Georgia. So the actual quality of the players that we're getting over on a class has not we're really also changed. three behind them in the off season or at the end of the season standings when we're not winning national championships. Like there I mean, is that's true as well. You know what I mean? Like that is true as well. I see y'all that pulled out your burners because this is not how you was acting in, in the chat. I think, so I think we need burners talking. This is not the real y'all. I think we need I think we need I mean, to start recruiting more players. We need we need to hit that 26, 27 uh of 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 number of recruits and get some more of those three-star local guys that can pop that's under the radar because that look i mean look at ballard from uh our bullard from georgia he's a three-star guy from the state of georgia who wasn't very popular in their class ended up being their mvp for the two games that they played against us and against tcu on but defense it's easier, to, it's easier to evaluate that because they got spring ball like that's the one thing that's that true. i feel like is hampering our coaches so like, I, I, I posed a question to you guys in our uh, Locker Boys chat. I said, hey, um, what would it take for this staff to learn or be able to to be able to see the talent before it's kind of there, if you understand what I'm saying? Like, because we don't have that in Ohio. We don't get to yeah. see these guys year-round. So how do we be able to see that he might have that it factor sooner Instead of because we 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 have used this excuse at Ohio, oh we want to wait till their senior year because they're not as developed and things like that. It's the reason why we're missing out on Ohio kids like a Jordan Marshall. We didn't we didn't uh, hit him up because we wanted to wait to see if he popped, wait to see if he developed right. But well, all we keep talking about is we're the best development school. I mean, what do they say? Developed here. Yeah. yeah, developed here. So, I mean, 
I'm I'm not under I'm not under like I said the words that they say ain't matching to the actions. It's but just I, not. I told you develop here means on the field when you get cooked and then you'll come back <laughs> next time and maybe get cooked less. But um I I think when you're saying those uh that's something that if you're honor I was using those extra shots would definitely help that process because you got a little bit more room. You can get your top targets and take a risk on Ohio guys. So I think that is a, a good way to be able to use that. But when I said when I said the recruiting class, I was more talking about we've had top targets that were missed on. I'm, I don't care about ranking. If he's a three-star or two-star, you say, this is the safety that we need to win, then that's the guy you need to go get. And obviously, and oftentimes, that's not the guy we've been to go and get. And they were like, all right, who does uh, Bowling Green have have committed? It's like, what? I'm trying to win a national championship here. Like, well, it can't be, we, that's not, the, not exactly the way to go. So they have to hit on their targets because the last few classes we have not. And that's going to come back after this year. I think we have, we'll have three five stars on the roster. I mean, it's still a couple, but it's a little low for what we're used to. So I'm just preparing everybody for that. Yeah, we're definitely that one one five star this class, and it's actually the only five star that signed in the whole Big Ten. Brandon Innes is the only composite five star that signed in the Big Ten this cycle. Yeah, they got to pull out that uh, Midwest money, man. Where's all the factory money at? Midwest money? Where's all that TV money? We're supposed to be the richest conference out here. We only got one five star. They're paying to watch four three stars out here. We should be. Man, I tell me this: How hilarious is it going to be? To hear the CBS da 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 da, da, da and it's like Iowa versus Minnesota. <laughs> 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 SEC people in a snowy stalemate. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not They're looking. So I'm, pissed, not, bro. I'm not looking forward to CBS commentators either, bro. They are terrible. Yeah, and if you don't want to hear CBS commentators, you can watch the game with us on Playback on TV playback. because the guys from Best Damn Media will be streaming every Buckeye game this season. So you can pull up on playback and hear our commentary, turn down that nonsense on the TV and hear it from the real ones and really get a real perspective on what's happening in the game. We got a chat. You can watch the whole game with us. You'll be able to see our ugly mugs like you can now. And you can talk shit to us or, you know what I mean, cheer on the Buckeyes. So just keep that in mind. When the season comes along, we'll be on playback TV for uh, college basketball, March Madness. So, yeah, if you see us live on playback, come kick it with us and watch some TV too. Shameless plug real quick. Yeah, well, Ron can speak for himself. If you want to see this handsome face, you know. <laughs> we waste our whole hair and makeup budget on cube. We can only afford to make one of us look good. Oh, man. Man, get us out of here. This, this is going off the rails. Oh, it's going off the rails. I appreciate y'all for pulling up the Buckeye BS this week. Uh, presented by Best Damn Media. We'll be here every Sunday at 10 Eastern. We'll be live on the playbacks. I'm Ron. That's Q, Cam, Mike. Find us on Twitter, the best damn space. We appreciate y'all. The chat was so live today. I appreciate all of y'all for pulling up. Um, <laughs> hope to see y'all. I appreciate the support. And uh, for now, that's Buckeye BS. We appreciate it. Thanks. Peace. I like y'all boys. Sir. Bowling Green. <laughs> hey, shout out Kyle you too, man. Shout out to Peace Out, man. I'm going to give y'all some Peace Out. Uh, peace is here next season, man.